Hello, everybody. I'm Brian. And I'm Brian. This is Brian versus Brian, episode 155. Oppenheimer. 2023 epic biopic thriller written and directed by your boy, <laughs> Chauncey Nolan. <laughs> Based on the 2005 biography, American Prometheus, by Kai Bird and Martin J. Sherwin. The film chronicles the life of J. Oppenheimer, a theoretical physicist who was pivotal in developing the first nuclear weapons. It's part of the Manhattan Project, and thereby ushering in the atomic age. Mm -hmm. All right. Killian Murphy. Uh, Christopher Nolan, July 21st, 2023. What's the budget on this giant thing? No way. Only 100 million? 200 million, I think. This one says 100 million. Oh, wow. Maybe they're just off. I don't know. Uh, so it's got to make a lot of money to to be considered a success. But, uh, you know, my theater is always empty as fuck. And uh, it was pretty, had a good amount of people in it for this. So I imagine that's a good sign. Yeah. I, uh, I went to Fandango before the movie started because I'm just curious about this kind of stuff. And they have this new feature now in Fandango where... Back in the day, if you wanted to see how full a movie was, you would click on a, a specific time you were looking at, and you had to like go into that secondary screen. But now they just say check all screen times. So when you hit check all screen times, you can just scroll through each time and see how full it is. I was scrolling through the IMAX, and every single IMAX showing of all day yesterday was almost all sold out. It was interesting because then I went to the standard theaters, the standard auditoriums, and I went through those, and there was like nobody. So it's kind of weird that, or kind of fascinating that people decided to spend way more money to go see this IMAX than they did a normal theater. I was like, whoa, that's kind of wild. Because typically it's the other way around. Most people don't see IMAX, they go to the normal ones. So I was like, damn, that's, Chris yeah. Renault is getting people to show up. And I know this was shot with IMAX cameras, but when I was watching it, I was thinking, I don't know that this film is going to be that much greater in IMAX. Mm-hmm. No, nothing about this film i was like whoa that'd be crazy in imax it's just like a bunch of land it's like a bunch of wide shots when they open up and like landscapes and stuff with people talking very closely together so yeah. it's like oh you shot it all in imax this yeah. guy is the kind of an imax guy he always has like a, a couple scenes in his movies big uh action scenes in imax but he shot this one i'm pretty sure the whole thing uh you know maybe the bomb blowing up but other than that, I was like, man, I don't know if this is really that great of an IMAX movie to be doing the whole thing uh, with IMAX cameras. But yeah, I didn't I, watch I it in IMAX. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, there are moments in the movie where, you know, obviously the whole real estate of the screen is image or almost all of it. I think he shot like 90% of this movie in IMAX. So there are moments where I'm like, oh, that was fucking nuts. But I almost kind of wish the movies were reversed because like last week we talked about Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible was not in IMAX. I got black bars no matter what theater I saw in. So, man, I kind of wished Mission Impossible was full screen IMAX and Oppenheimer was the, the letterbox thing because there's scenes of Mission Impossible where I'm like, man, that would have been dope in full fucking IMAX, but yeah. not the case. And uh, it's a long movie. Be prepared. Take a potty <laughs> yes. break before. Um, and then in the beginning, it kind of, I don't know, it started off really slow for me. I was like, oh man, I don't know. I don't know about this. This is jumping all around in it's, times yeah, and stuff. It's so messy. Yeah. And I, I was like, when he's talking, he first, the first scenes are with like, um, I don't even remember if it's the first scenes, but 
some of the first scenes are him talking with uh, uh, Robert Downey's character. For who the hell did he play again? Oh, uh, uh, Louis Strauss. Yes, and uh, he's trying to convince him to be the head of some department at the school or something. And I was like, was this after the bomb? I'm having yeah. trouble. What's going on here? And then you get to see uh, the star of the movie. Um, what's his name? Uh, Killian Murphy. Albert I- oh, no, oh, Albert, Albert Einstein. Einstein. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the star of the movie. <laughs> He's very quiet. And the hello, how are you? Yes, I dropped my hat again. Oh, feeding the ducks, you know. Oh, you know. <laughs> um. That was a really cool scene that plays out and then plays out at the very end of the movie with some interesting information. Uh, man, huge cast, huh? Yeah, good lord. Killian there were Murphy, people in this movie I didn't even know were going to be in it. I was like, what? Gary Oldman? What the fuck? Josh Hartnett? Josh was Hartnett was one, yeah. Pretty good? Yeah. And he didn't have a cowlick? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, he did pretty well. And he looks pretty good. I was like, oh, he looks pretty good. Yeah, I was happy well, to see a- him. He was. I don't know if you're a Black Mirror guy, but the Black Mirror season dropped about a month or two ago. Yeah, he I saw did that. One of the, he's in one of the episodes. Well, it was cool to see saw him that come episode. back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Casey Affleck, Rami, mm-hmm. Rami Malek. It's not that, it doesn't have a very big part, but then it plays a kind of a big part in the story in the, near the end. Um, Who was it, that one guy, man? Josh Peck. I was like, he's in the trailers. I'm like, ooh, Josh, Christopher Nolan got Josh Peck. It's like, that's weird. Yeah, he's not in this movie. <laughs> he likes, he stands somewhere. He flips a switch. I think he might have one word mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, it's ready. <laughs> you know, he didn't, he didn't give much of a chance. I'll put you in it, but uh, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to talk in the movie. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to emphasize what you're saying. Like, I think within the first five minutes of this movie, we are jumped into three different timelines. And it's so fucking jarring because you have Oppenheimer in a room full of people asking him questions. Then you have Oppenheimer. He looks kind of young. His hair is kind of curly. And on top of that, you get black and white footage with like that's all thrown at you in the first five minutes. And it's like, whoa, where am I? What's happening? It's so jarring. Eventually, the movie settles into its thing, but it takes a while. And all the Louis Strauss stuff is like black and white. Mm hmm. Which is, I thought was really cool. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. And anyone interested, you know, where Tri-Cities people came from. And uh, they they mentioned Hanford once. We got one word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we got one word and we, we got the meme. The Leo well, it's being meme, enriched yeah. at the, the Hanford site. Oh! <laughs> I was like, oh man, we don't get anything more than that. So yeah. we we were the little jar <laughs> that keeps coming yeah. up throughout with full filled. We filled were the plutonium marbles. jar, yeah. <laughs> we were the little jar. Uh yeah, I mean there's a lot of shit going on. Um I thought uh Matt Damon was pretty good. Pretty great. Yeah. Uh I thought Josh Hartnett was really great though. Killian Murphy was, of course, good. Um, I don't know if this is one of those transformative roles, like everyone's saying. Yeah. Um, it's like this. This doesn't strike me as one of those. I don't know. Maybe I need some more time from it and to watch it again. But 
I don't know. It just doesn't seem like maybe depends on what movies come out this year. I guess he might have a chance, huh? Yeah, it's it's a very quiet and sombering role. It's not yeah. like uh, it's not like Heath Ledger going into the Joker where it's yeah. like, fuck, you know, it's not like that. It's, you know, very quiet, very. So if you're into that kind of role, um, yeah, right. Right. Your alley. <clears throat> no, he did really good. I thought I liked him a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's about him helping to. You know what? Very little of, of this was actually the bomb, right? Mm. Like there's a chunk in the middle where they're building it and they're on Los Alamos. I was like, I thought that I thought this whole movie was like was gonna be this. <laughs> it's a lot of the before and after kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh a lot of communist party stuff, some cool espionage shit put in there. Um Oppenheimer is like just this geeky scientist, but he's just uh, getting laid left and right throughout the movie. And then he's like, maybe he 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 died of a broken heart because he cheated on his wife. He's like, no, he never found that out before he died. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like, he's just getting laid everywhere. He's like a science, uh, you know, king. (laughs) I don't know. He's got these science groupies. yeah, I think even uh, Leslie Groves calls him a womanizer because he goes all the way like people call you womanizer and this and this and that. I was like, huh? Yeah, I yeah, guess. that was strange. And Emily Blunt uh, is pretty good drunk. She's just always drinking and uh, throwing bottles and making fun of her being a pussy. He never sticks up for himself. Why would you let them drag your name to the dirt? Do you want to be a martyr? <laughs> Throw my mini airplane bottle at the wall. Oh! <laughs> Strauss. Like, it's always been Strauss, and you know it. She drops her purse, and it had the the uh, the flask, yeah, the flask, and it. Oh Lord, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's the him, like the structure is him getting recruited to do it and coming up through like the theoretical physics and bringing it to the United States mm-hmm. and then him being recruited to do the bomb and then the aftermath of the bombing. Um, which kind of the aftermath was the most interesting part. Uh, strangely enough. Uh, but the bombing in the middle or the testing of Trinity, that's, that's the, I, <laughs> I looked over at Jesse and I was like, I wonder if, um, uh, uh, I wonder if Brian's having a, a, a panic attack right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was actually awesome. That was that was a good, cool moment. Yeah, it was like this is intense, dude. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much I like the showing so much of the explosion with no audio, and it's just uh, <sighs> just the breathing. Breathing, but uh, yeah. Then they give you they don't hit you with the audio to the aftershock. But it's a lot. It's some yeah, reverberating it's like drum scare. It's like whoa. Yeah, it's some <laughs> reverberating in your chest, like vibrating shit. And I just saw it in a normal theater, so I imagine the IMAX could probably got better speakers, huh? Just pounding your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Popcorn flying. And it was hot in that theater. It was sold out. So like all that, bo- I was fucking dying <sighs> last night. <laughs> dying. <laughs> Having a hard time. Sweltering. <laughs> you got a mister. Um, yeah, that was really dope. And I just love that. You so see, you're telling me there's a chance, like, 
when we detonate this, it could set off a chain reaction that destroys the entire atmosphere of the Earth. It destroys everything. Yeah, that's a small chance. Near zero. Near zero. Near and zero. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah. And what was it? Um, the guy. The guy was helping him with the bomb. He's like, well, we just got info that the detonator. They have the special detonator. They tried a couple ways to do it, like shooting it like a bullet. And I think the uh, plutonium breaks up when you move it that fast or something about that. It wouldn't reach the ignition source, and they were just having a hard time figuring out how to ignite it. So they finally made a condensed sphere, and then they have explosives pointed inwards at all directions, and they have to explode all simultaneously. They have to be like a perfect uh, symmetrical implosion to get it to go off. So there's lots that can go wrong. And then one of the guys was like, oh, yeah, the implosion device is, doesn't work. Remember, right before they launched, it's like, are you telling he run, me? He runs into the tent, and he's like, it's not going to work. Yeah. He's like, you tell me this is going to be a dud? Like, no, I think, I'm pretty sure it's going to work. I don't think. <laughs> well, is there information wrong? No, it's right. But I have a feeling it's going to work. <laughs> it's like, I'll bet you, what do you bet him, $10? Or a month's salary? Like on salary or something, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so they do it, and it works. Uh, yeah, that scene's really great. Oh, I love the don't look at it. <laughs> Just look at it with your, your welder's mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it returns around. Ah! Face burnt off. <laughs> Sarah Connor, Terminator shit. Yeah, they're probably too close. Um, Yeah, then they choose a target and all this stuff. And, um... That's funny. Then they cut all the uh, sunblock on him and the guy in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of this. Oh, yeah, it's like the the windshield will. Yeah, yeah, that's a died later (laughs) of exposure. (laughs) Like, yeah, the glass. Um, Yeah, then you kind of see right after the bomb is done testing, it's kind of when they cut him off. It's kind of interesting. It's like, well, uh, you'll. They're packing the bombs up on the trucks, and Matt Damon sees them. He's like, well, you'll let me know like when we're going to do this, right? And he's like, ah, you'll hear from me yeah, eventually. <laughs> and it's like, but you know what I can or something. Or, yeah, something along those <laughs> yeah lines. if I can. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he doesn't even know anything, and he's kind of tripping out. And then he finds out about the bombing like on the news like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like uh, State of the Union or something. It was Truman? Was yeah. it Truman? Yeah. And uh, that's how he finds out. Then uh, he has a lot of regrets. And he talks about it a lot in interviews. About, oh, you know, bring What the hell is the quote he says throughout the movie? I've become the... I am... Uh, uh, fuck, what was the... Something... The, the, the destroyer of worlds and I'm death. It's something, you know, some famous poem. I don't remember what it was. But uh, yeah, he re- he he's got these moral obligations, and he feels bad about it as he did in real life. I hear very remorseful, but he never once in the movie or in real life says he regretted it or um, you know anything like that. He didn't backtrack. He didn't backpedal on it. He just kind of internalized it. But his whole career after that was trying to like stop the hydrogen bomb and stop everything 
that he did. So it's like the actions of a man who fully regretted everything he did and is trying to make up for it, mm-hmm. but never never brings it up. Uh, yeah, you get that good scene. I think it's after the bomb is dropped, and he's like celebrating with the Los Alamos crew. And then there's a scene where I think it really dawns on him where the, there's like a bunch of uh, everyone's like stomping their feet, he's about to give a speech, and as he's giving the speech, yeah, yeah, that scene, eight of the of those actions are starting to hit him, and it's kind of done in a really weird, abstract way. But uh, yeah, yeah, for chick's face starts melting, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, and he's just like quiet in his head, like, <sighs> and then. I only wish we could have used it on the Germans. <laughs> he's just saying, he's just saying shit like he thinks they're gonna love. <laughs> it's like that kind of crowd. So he's doing that kind of shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was interesting. And then it <laughs> goes to him. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, but then we get to the the interesting part is the they try to dismantle him. For being a not or not a Nazi, but a communist, because yeah. he had some communist affiliations in the day. Never joined the party though. I never got my card. And uh, that Pew character is a communist, and he keeps seeing her, so they know he sees her. And then uh, Strauss comes up with this elaborate plan to put this information into the FBI and to get him kicked off. I don't remember like how to I don't quite remember <coughs> how he got embarrassed by Oppenheimer because he what they were trying to export plutonium or something. Something about energy exports and Oppenheimer uh testified in front of Congress or something and got it shut down and said, no, you can't do none of that. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and then there's the line about, well, yeah, a, that's like saying a beer bottle could be used to make a nuclear weapon. Sure, it could, but it's not going to help you very much or something like that. And <laughs> they repeated a couple of times. And, uh, oh, and what's his name? Robert Downey Jr. was great. I yeah, he was, he was awesome. Good. Yeah. And he's got some really cool like makeup and old uh, effects on him. Really cool stuff. And so, yeah, he sets up this elaborate plan to get him not really – what are they going to do to him? They're going to take away his clearance. Yeah, security clearance, yeah. So, th- so then he won't be listened to by any government officials or anything, and they can't really take his advice, and he can't – he wasn't really helping anymore. He's just kind of a, a advisor, but but then they won't be able to advise them. And uh, Strauss is about to get. Um, he was chosen for a cabinet position. I can't remember which one, but he has to go to the the hearing. I don't know whether they have the the Congress or Senate, and they have to approve you. Yeah, and then they kind of cross examine you, and then that starts getting intense, and. Uh, who, who was that? Was this, who was the guy who was like working with him? Uh, that actor, or he's like working him through that process. Remember, and he's like, "Yeah, this is gonna be the process. You think you're gonna get? You think I'm gonna get through? Like, yeah, I think you're gonna get through." Yeah. You're talking about the Han Solo guy who plays. Han oh yeah, yeah. Uh, That's who it was. Alden. Alden. Enrique or Enrique. Enrique. Yeah. 
Senate A. De Lewis Strauss. Yeah, I thought that guy's character was pretty cool because he kind of is working with him. You can tell he, and then he kind of turns on him. Yeah. And by the end, he's like, "It's like you've been lying to me, and what the fuck is all this?" <laughs> and I love the name drop where he doesn't finally doesn't get in because Rami Malek comes in and just uh, throws all this shit at him. And I don't even remember who he was playing. He was somebody. Um. It's just like a scientist. I don't remember what his significance was in the. Yeah, he always had a clipboard and a pen. Every every scene, he had. <laughs> it wasn't very many. I think he was in two scenes, but yeah. As David Hill, yeah, I don't know who that. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, he just goes off when he delivered this. He always, ever since he was embarrassed, hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, and so, where's I going with that? Yeah, they got to do the name drop. I loved it. Well. You said I was a shoe and I was going to barely make it in. Yeah, I thought you would. But uh, we had three junior senators that uh, switched their vote. And so I wasn't approved. No, you weren't approved. <laughs> and uh, who were this? Who was the senators? And they don't name them all. They name one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was a junior senator from uh, Massachusetts. I don't remember his name. What was it? John... John Kennedy or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. And Jesse kind of looks at me and I'm like, oh, that's going to be the sequel, Oppenheimer 2, John F. Kennedy. <laughs> and it's like, then it goes into another biopic, John F. Kennedy. Oh, that's great. And I love how he like opens the door during an awkward conversation to have the like media start taking pictures of him when he's not ready. It's like, there you go. You didn't make it. <laughs> you loser. And then uh, Strauss was always angry at Oppenheimer, he said, for turning Albert Einstein against him, which never really occurs to you in the movie at all until he says it. It just seems fake, yeah. made up. And he said, he turned him against me. He never looked me in the eye again or talked to me. Yeah, and he's like walking by. He didn't really. That's not, the one he's, scene. <laughs> he's he's, he's kind of walked by you, man. He was he was heading home. He's tired, old man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jesus, give him a break. Yeah, I hated him from that moment on. <laughs> they were uh, talking about me. <laughs> yeah, bad about me. <laughs> you guys talking shit out of here or what? <laughs> you know, yeah, I can tell what you're doing. Oh and then uh, we later get with that scene what he said to um, what Einstein said to Oppenheimer and it's very poignant and he's like well you know they talk about me creating you know theoretical physics and all that and it's like but they, they act like I don't know what I'm talking about now or I'm not smart enough to continue it or uh, and it's now beyond me uh, when I started it and then he tells them so be careful they love you now he gives a like they'll turn on you. What is that? He gives like the the Batman speech. It's like Christopher Nolan Batman speech. They'll turn on. They love a villain. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a you know when they need you they'll use you, and then when they're done yep. with you they're gonna bury you basically. What happens when they don't need you, Parker? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, but then one day they'll they'll embrace you again. And they'll love you again. But just remember, when that day comes, it's not for you. It's for them. And then it shows uh, him getting an award when he's like older and he's got the gray hair. And some pe 
people from the past in his life that kind of fucked him over at the um, hearings and stuff, shaking his hand and like, oh, congratulations. Like Josh Hartnett is one of them. Yeah. Congrats, buddy. I knew it the whole time. I love you. Mm. And uh, I don't know what award that was or what was going on there, but or even what president it was, but that's pretty interesting. I want to look that stuff up. But yeah, if I, he finally gets exonerated. I think just now in like 2022, right? They finally cleared him of all um, wrongdoing. I don't know what they even call it because it wasn't criminal, but they finally cleared him. What do they call that? After death, um, post-ostitiously or something. Where uh, So his name is now cleared as yeah. not being being a communist because the whole whatever. thing of like being a communist was one thing but i think they were seemed like the movie was saying that they were worried that he was giving um information to communists who then would go back to the soviet union <clears throat> information yeah. about how to make the bomb so they were kind of worried about whether or not he was doing that or not <clears throat> yeah well yeah and apparently one of them was a spy that one guy, he was always kind of, well, let me see in this room. What are we doing? <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. I just want to see. <laughs> I don't know. I'm playing with a German accent. <laughs> He's Russian. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that was a pretty cool part. And, uh, but yeah, they, they cleared him. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's long. I was watching it, and I was like, um, I don't know. How good is this movie? I like it. I definitely don't think it's what they say it is. This got a 10 from IGN. Of course it did. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> of course it did. It's another Breath of the Wild. It's kind of just boring in the middle. <laughs> in a <the> desert. <laughs> There's so much to do. It's a ten. Um, I it's good. I liked it. I don't. I don't know. I'd have to the whole time. Jesse's like, man, I love this. What are you gonna give it? I was like, I don't know, man. I really don't. It's not that great. Uh, it's a hard. It's a. I don't know if we had. It, I would want to watch this movie very often. You know, it's not a very rewatchable. I don't think. I've only seen it once. I'll have to do it again. See how that goes. But uh, for me, it's probably like a... Uh, 8.2. Gotcha. I think. So I got to tell a funny story before I give my overall thought. I think you would enjoy this. So I had a hard time probably in the first hour of the movie um, maintaining my focus. And it's because, like, you know, Sarah and I have been pretty lucky with our movie-going experiences. Like, people who are disruptive in movie theaters, everyone always talks about people being disruptive. We have haven't really experienced that very often. Like, maybe every one in ten movies we see, there's some jerk next to us. Well, last night, sold out. Uh, I had a couple next to me that might as well have been having sex during Oppenheimer. So <laughs> most, of, most of the movie, he had like his arm around her. She had her leg draped up on over his legs and he was just, and she was wearing shorts or a skirt. It was hard to tell, but he was going all up and down there. They were like <laughs> looking at each other, making out. And I'm like, 
the whole time and it's all happening in my peripherals i'm like trying to focus on this movie and i'm like is his hand up her fucking pants right now and there was a moment they put like a sweater over his oh yeah and like i was like is that happening so that was throwing me <laughs> off and then it got even worse because she got up at something this by the way this is all within the first hour of the movie she at some point gets up and leaves the auditorium presumably to go to the bathroom and she's gone for like 30 40 minutes and because of that he is like getting anxious he keeps looking over and of course to look at the exit he has to look at me so he's like looking over here and now i'm drawn into it because i'm like yeah where the fuck is this chick and like because he's looking over, <laughs> like it's been a while so not like the whole hour of the movie it's not that i couldn't follow what's happening i was still like following what's happening but my i kept going in and out because of what was happening next to me so i thought that was I was like, God, it's so fucking frustrating when that happens. Um, anyways, I just thought that was a funny thing. Like, you typically it's like someone on their phone or someone talks, but yeah. these were like PD. Real quickly, it just reminded me, I forgot I had one too. Yeah. Some guy behind me, I kept getting kicked. Kicking my seat, dude. Oh, I hate that. One, one time, I'm like, okay. Two times, I'm like, okay. I'm going to give him like one more time. <laughs> Ended up being like three more times. Jesus. So finally, I turn around. Well, Jesse, I turned around. I said, I keep getting fucking kicked <laughs> as I'm turning around <laughs> looking at him. <laughs> and uh, he's it's like this guy, older dude in like little sports shorts. And he's like, got his legs just spread out. Like, you know, <laughs> like fucking he's taking up like three chairs. His legs are out. He's uh, kicking them. I'm like, yeah. fuck, dude. But anyways, never got a kick after that. He's fucking kicking me. And <laughs> look right at him. And then, shortly after that, though, his phone rings uh, loudly. And then I just, and then I turned around again and said, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> and I think he got the point. He was not a peep out of him after that. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Uh, you never know what you're going to be sitting next to. It's it's kind of unfortunate. Um, but yeah. Anyways, needless to say. Um, I'm going to sound a little bit like a broken record after last week when we did Mission Impossible, uh, which is that, like, you know, I said last week, I wish I, I wanted to come in last week and say it was the best Mission Impossible, is this and that, but unfortunately it didn't quite hit the mark. I feel the same way about Oppenheimer. I wish I could come here and say it's a masterpiece, it's Nolan's best movie, it's the best movie of the year, but I don't think it's any of those things, um, unfortunately. But I still enjoyed it. I, th I still think it's a good movie. I think out of all, we've been getting a lot of these, like, two hour 40 minute movies lately three hours and i think out of all of them this one felt the longest to me i really felt the length um but yeah i think that there are moments in this movie that are like beautiful and intense and engaging specifically the trinity um not just the test but like just that whole section of the movie um i think all of that is is awesome uh i think the first yeah hour or so the movie jumps around so much characters come and go it's hard to kind of like follow <laughs> I think like Florence Pugh is completely underutilized. Uh, I think that was his first wife, but watching the movie, you, you wouldn't know that. There's no marriage scene. There's no like. Oh, really? For my wife, you know, you can't be a communist or some, some sort of like indication that they're married. I'm pretty sure they're married. Um, so I don't know. I thought that her character was like really underutilized. I think there's a lot of characters like that. Like Rami Malek, who's in two scenes, comes in to save the day at the end, but like. I don't feel like it's earned. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? And how does he know all this? Like, there's no rhyme or reason. He just shows up when the movie needs him to, to save the day. It's like, okay. Um, and then 
Yeah, the Strauss stuff. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. deserve. If anybody, you know, I mean, Killing Murphy's really good, but Robert Downey Jr. Man, holy shit, he was. Yeah, he and he was, was like fun. the surprise protagonist. Yeah. Like you didn't even know, <laughs> and then he plays he plays both sides so well. It's like, oh, he's bad guy. You're like Hold you on. trust him right <laughs> away. You're like, oh, this guy's kind of kind of cool. Um, but I admit, like that stuff didn't really resonate with me that much. I think the the what do they call it? Atomic Energy Commission, A, the AEC uh, hearings yeah. with Oppenheimer. That stuff I thought was really compelling and interesting. But the Strauss stuff, I'm like, eh. Mainly because I just didn't really know who he was. And it was just kind of hard to like, why is this person kind of important? Yeah, um, with the worst, the worst John Connor interviewing him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a movie that at moments... I found to be kind of dull and then other moments I was like on the edge of my seat like this is fucking awesome this is a Nolan movie man this is the you really got me and then other moments where I'm like okay this is kind of dragging on a little too long it's like three movies in one you know what I think it might be is that he's doing this biopic right Mm -hmm. where usually he he does like creative crazy stories like Inception and you know Tenet where he's able to come up with some crazy idea but i think maybe that's why it might be held back a bit because he's bound to this reality mm-hmm. when that's not really what he does yeah and i'll actually i'll give him credit because i mean maybe you can a movie uh i couldn't i certainly couldn't think of one on the top of my head maybe if anyone's watching <laughs> this late in the game if you can think of something throw in the comments but i'll give Nolan some credit because there are so many people in the last couple of months that were like thrilled about like Oppenheimer was the movie they were going to see this year. Like it was Oppenheimer. And I'm like, this is a three hour long, like drama. This is going to, this is not an action movie with, yeah. with car chases and this and that, like, this is just going to be people talking in rooms for three hours. Like, why are you, why are so many people like excited about, I can't think of another big biopic like this that got so many people excited to see it. Um, so I'll give him credit. I mean, that's I mean, that's got to be just Christopher Nolan, just the name. I mean, he's arguably the biggest director in Hollywood that um, that people flock to go see his movie, regardless of what the content is. So give credit where credit is due. Um, but yeah, overall, for me, this is like uh, 8.5. So still positive, still had a, a great time. I still think it's worth watching, um, but I don't think it's anywhere near some of his top work like Dunkirk or yeah. Dark Knight. I think it's like mid-tier Christopher Nolan. But again, mid-tier is still really good. Like he he rarely misses, you know. So this is like around like Tenet, you know, maybe The Prestige, like that, Interstellar. <laughs> He's in the mix of all those four, somewhere in that little mix. Uh, so I don't think it's top-tier Nolan stuff, but uh, I definitely think it's worth watching. I think it's a powerful film. I think it's a movie that you can walk out and talk about, you know, some heavy shit. You know, I think this raises yeah. a lot of like heavy questions. Um, uh, especially from where we grew up, you already mentioned Hanford. We grew up in Hanford, or not in Hanford, Richland, which is the neighboring. Hanford is no longer a city, <clears> but the plant's still there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just growing up with that icon, or uh, how do you say that? Iconography in our yeah. our town of just atom bomb stuff, and and like the uh, the high school I went to, Richland High, the fucking logo or mascot logo is a mushroom cloud with an R, or like there's a big mural. Yeah, of- get it. <laughs> we're called the richland bombers for christ's sake and there's and the, the motto uh, is fuck around and find out 
and there's a huge mural of the Enola Gay in the uh, the commons area at the, the high school. So I, I guess it's just it's interesting to like be to grow up in that kind of world, and then you know, decades later to see a movie that kind of relates to it and, and it makes you think and and all that. So yeah, for those for those purposes, I think it's worth watching. Um, but again, it's long. It's some of it's you know doesn't really hit with me. Some of it does, but yeah, eight point five yeah. overall. Eight point two, eight point five. It's pretty good, y'all. Eights are not bad scores. We're just saying it's not the second coming of Christ. Yeah, like people are writing about. Like uh, it's getting so many tens and things. And Jesse, she said this was her most anticipated movie of the year. She's so hyped and so looking forward to it. She came out still kind of feeling that way. So, I mean, this is just our personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, these people love it. I don't think they're lying. And they're like you know m- making up these 10 scores i think they honestly loved it but i don't know it just it wasn't that for me it was a it was a mid to low eight like we scored it i think hmm. which is a great movie it's just not what i thought this movie would be with its massive budget and all the hype i thought i really thought we were probably walking out of here with like a nine or something yeah i, I feel so. like uh we're pretty on base like uh, maybe i'm reaching here let me know if i'm like off base here but I want to talk about Rotten Tomatoes because I'm on social media, specifically like Twitter, like all that kind of shit. And I think that when something comes out and it has like a high t- tomato score, like a 94, 95, I think Mission Impossible is like a 96. People come out and be like, oh, well, it was good, but it wasn't a 96. And I feel like com- people conflate the 96 with how critics actually feel. Like, I think people think that everyone's giving it nines and tens and tens and nines and nines and tens. But it's not really the case. It just means that 95% of critics liked it and like, or, or reviewed it positively. That's all it means. Like a seven out of 10 is a positive review. I think even a six out of 10 is a, technically a positive review. And you can see that when you scroll through Oppenheimer or Mission Impossible, these high nines, you'll see eights, you'll see sevens, you'll see eights, you'll see a couple nines and tens, you'll, but a lot of it's just sevens and eights, sevens and eights. It just means that you know, a large majority of people are just giving it positive reviews. But I think people conflate that a little bit. They're like, it's not a 96. I was like, yeah, but it's not saying it's a 96 out of 100 in terms of quality. It just means that 96% of people liked it. Um, mm. But I do think that, like, our reviews are pretty online with, I mean, yeah, I have a hard time thinking of someone walking out of Mission Impossible and not having a good time and giving it a five. Like, that's, like, crazy to me. Or, like, Oppenheimer. <laughs> like, I have a hard time thinking of someone coming out and be like, this is a four. You know, so it kind of makes sense that these are kind of the high 90s. These are very enjoyable, you know, uh, crowd-pleasing, well, maybe not Oppenheimer, but um, something unique, and I think people yeah. really cling to that. <clears throat> yeah, and then, uh, yeah, we got, oh, yeah, Barbie's already out. We got Turtles coming up very soon. It's going to be a lot of movie watching to be had. It's going to be great. Yeah, I can't so, wait. Yeah. My, my anticipation for that movie keeps going up with each day. I, yeah, I can't wait for a good Turtles animation movie. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, dude. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, Yeah, so 8.2, 8.5. It's good. We're not saying it's not. (laughs) We just didn't think it was, you know, amazing. There's good and there's amazing. 8.5, it's getting close to amazing. Yeah. But it's not quite there. It's good. Uh, Go check it out. Uh, Help this movie make some of its money back. It's going to need your help. Yeah, the R rating is a hurdle, man. The R rating is always a hurdle because in order for this to be successful, yeah, it's gotta, it's gotta push some tickets, dude. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, good Chris Nolan movie. Go check it out. 
Theaters IMAX. Uh, thanks for joining us. As always, we're on uh, Spotify and uh, Apple Music and always here on YouTube. Uh, we enjoy having you. We appreciate it. Please like and subscribe, baby. You know what that means. Hit that notification bell so we can always get in your little ear, baby. Okay. Now that we're done with that, <laughs> until the next piece. Peace. Peace.